welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Everyone is leading somewhere, in some capacity. And has the ability to raise up those who will come after them. I can empower the next generation and raise the level of leadership. By appreciating current leaders and past leaders. What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? in part two of a series that we're doing on leadership, and we're calling it Everyone Can Lead. And uh, I want to talk to you today about stepping up and, and the level of leadership, the responsibility that God has called each of us to. And again, remember in this series, I'm starting with the assumption that a lot of people don't want to be leaders. A lot of people don't want to step up. A lot of people are afraid of leadership, and yet every one of us, I believe, has a responsibility of leadership. I mean, sometimes you become the leader because uh, you didn't realize that everybody else was stepping backwards and you're out there in front. How many know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, all right, you're the leader. And there's, there's just this anti-leadership feeling uh, in our culture that only some people can be leaders uh, and I don't want to be a leader and I don't want to be branded a leader. Even if I feel an urge in me, I don't want to do leadership. Matter of fact, there's a show on TV called Survivor. Anybody watch that? You guys are like, no, we're Christians. We don't watch that show. <laughs> whatever, whatever. You watched it sometime. But there's a show, Survivor, and they take these groups of people and they put them in an island or a remote area or jungle or something, and they say the last person to get voted out wins a million dollars. And so all these people have strategies on how to win the million dollars and be in this group of people and not get voted out. One of the clear strategies, however, is don't become the leader. Do not become the leader. If you become the leader, it's almost certain you're going to get voted out. I mean, the group can be laying around and it can be pouring rain and you don't have a shelter and the fire's going out. And pity the person that says, hey, maybe we should cut down some branches and make a shelter. Maybe we should clean up our mess around camp. Maybe we should keep the fire going. Maybe. And as soon as they identify themselves as a leader, man, they get a target on them. People appreciate him for a little bit of time, and then all of a sudden, they're voted out. Now, I know if I was on that show, I could not make it. I know that I'd be on there and it would, I'd be dying because inside there's just a desire to lead and to bring organization and to bring direction and, and some structure. And so I know I'd just be dying inside and I know that they would vote me out. I just know it. Now, I wouldn't be a mean leader, but I know they'd turn on me because I'd just have to. I'd have to do it. Now, some people hear that and you think, yeah, that's life. That's life. We turn on people at work, and we turn on the coach, and we turn on the leader. And I'm telling you what, God has still called us to be leaders. God has still called us to step up to the responsibility of leadership, even if people turn against us. Even if the culture says no, even if it says stay back, lay low, don't create a scene. God is calling us to step up to leadership and receive the responsibility of leadership. You say, I don't have a call. God hasn't given me a clear call. That's not an excuse. I don't have the gift of leadership. That's not an excuse. There is a responsibility of leadership that each one of us has to step up to and say, I will be a leader. I believe that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ 
If you're a Christ follower, you're a leader. I believe that. I believe the whole world is going this way and they're going the wrong direction. And when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you start going the right direction. And the Bible calls you to step out and be a leader to those people. They're going the wrong direction. And your object now, your objective now, is to be a leader telling them you're going the wrong way. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 13 and 14, he said, You are the salt of the world. Like, go out there and be the salt. Be the preservative agent. Be the leader that you're called to be. You are the light of the world. That's what he said in verse 14. And he talks about, don't hide your light. Don't have that survivor TV mentality of laying low, hide the light. Don't let anybody see that I'm a leader of faith. He said, let it shine out. Put that light on the hill and let it shine out for the whole world to see. Some of you remember that song as a kid. Hide it under a bushel. No, right? (laughs) Right? Come on. That's what he's saying. You're a leader. When he called you into his family, when he called you to be a follower of his, you may not have realized it, but you became a leader. You became a spiritual leader. When Jesus in the Gospels, and specifically in Mark 1, he talks to the disciples, he says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. He wasn't just giving us a Christian hobby. He was telling you, you are going to lead people into faith. You're going to have to try to draw them in. You're going to try to have to convince them, influence them, and bring them into the right relationship with God that they need to be in. You are called to be a leader. And if you're part of River Valley Church, I hope you receive this. You're a leader. You are a leader. Our mission statement talks about that we are here to lead people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. You are a leader and you have been commissioned by this church leadership to go out into this world and lead people into an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to receive that responsibility of leadership. You are a leader. Now, leadership is just really simply in one word, influence. When you influence people, when you help them to go the right way, when you exercise some influence on other people, you're being a leader. And you help influence their decision. You help influence the direction that they're going. You help influence them to go and work for a project or do something. And I think that we can do that. You don't have to have the title. You don't have to be declared the leader. You can lead from where you're at. I was talking to Logan after last week's sermon. Logan's our youngest son. And, uh, you know, I I talked to him about the sermons. Some of you do that, too, with your kids. You're like, what did you think about the sermon? What did you learn? What about? So I was just doing one of those moments. I was driving him to school. And I said, uh, what did you think about leadership and part one and everything? What did you learn? And he goes, well, you know what I'm learning about leadership, Dad? He said, I don't have to have the title to be a leader. I can just be an example, and I'm a leader. I said, man, you're great. you got it. You get it. You can be an example. And he said, I can go to my school, and even though I didn't win the vote to be student body president, you know, he said, I didn't win that. I can still be an example. I can still be the one that goes out and does the thing, shows up on time, gets there, encourages other people to do things. I can go ahead and take the motivation to go and do the, the sales that the student council needs to do and try to lead the way and be an influencer. I said, that's right. You don't have to be the person that holds the position to be a leader. So stop using that as an excuse. Receive the responsibility to lead by being an example. Now, I think we have a wrong idea of leadership, 
And Jesus understood this too. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to look at what Jesus talked about in being a leader. Because a lot of people have an idea of leader. Leader is the one that gets the corner office. Leader is the one that has to be mean. Leader is the one that bosses everyone around and just barks orders at people. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm going to do leadership in a different way. I'm going to do it different if you're going to follow me. So Jesus, it says in Matthew 20, verse 25, it says, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he was saying, my leadership is going to be different. My leadership is going to be marked by servanthood. And servanthood is really the essence of leadership. And when you're stepping out saying, God, I'll be an example. God, I'll lead this. You're really serving by leading. Do you believe that? You're really serving by leading. When you're leading and you're bringing organization to chaos, when you're bringing an example to a group that needs it, you are leading and you're being a servant. And God's saying, that's how I want you to be. I don't want you to view leadership in the kingdom of God as like, do this, do that, go fetch me grapes. You know, not that. You know, it's not that. It's, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to be a servant leader. And I'm going to lead the way and be a great example in my leadership. I'm not going to lord over. I'm going to realize the responsibility is on me. I'm going to be responsible and serve these people by leading. Now, a lot of people avoid leadership just simply because they don't realize they're leaders. And I hope that you realize by hearing this today that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a leader. And I hope you receive that responsibility. A lot of people are like, no, no, no. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be a leader. You are a leader. So turn to your neighbor and say, I am a leader. Can you do that? Tell them, you are a leader. Tell them, take me to your leader. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You're a leader. You've got to believe that. You are leading people in an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Receive the responsibility of leadership. But a lot of people don't want to be leaders because they fear being hated. You look through this Bible and you read people that were leaders and you read about them and you realize that they get hated because they're leaders. You realize that Moses didn't even want to be the leader and God calls him to be the leader. He says, I want you to set my people free. They're in Egypt. I want to set them free. I'm going to take them to the promised land through you. You're going to be their leader. He's like, I don't want to be the leader. I stutter. I don't want to be the leader. God's like, you're going to be the leader. Okay, I'll be the leader. And he goes to be the leader. And what do the people do? Moses, we don't have any food. We don't have any food. And we, you brought us out in the desert to die. You brought us here to kill us. You know, he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Lord, what do you got for him? You know, he's like, all right, God's going to make bread show up every morning. Go get it. It's called manna. All right, you get it. Okay, so they're eating it. They're eating the bread. And after a while, they're like, Moses, we, we just are eating bread. We're tired of bread. We want meat. We want meat. We want... I mean, like temper tantrum, right? And you're reading that, you're like, I don't want to be the leader. They're doing to him. I don't want to be the leader. And he's like, God, they want meat. And God's like, all right, I'll give them meat. They're going to have so much meat, it'll be coming out of their nostrils. How many know that's a moment, you know? <laughs> you just feel it. And he's like, all of a sudden, and then he's leading, and then somebody else comes like, Moses isn't a great leader. Who is he to be leading us? His own family. Oh, who, do you, who do you think you are leading us? And God's like, no, he's my leader. So his family comes against him. 
He's got a guy in the group that's like, no, I'm the leader. You're not the leader anymore. We don't like your leadership. And there's a major showdown, huge thing. God sends an earthquake because of it. It's a major, major problems of leadership. And when you read that, you're like, I don't want to be the leader because I don't want to be hated. And so we let fear keep us from stepping into the level of leadership God wants us to be in. We're afraid. Matter of fact, when God talked to Joshua, Joshua was the guy that followed Moses. And God says, Joshua, you're now the man. You are now going to lead these people. He said, now don't be afraid. Be bold. Okay, so you're going to lead them. And like a verse or two later, how many know we've just read this in our devotion time with our scripture reading and our devotions? And, and it was just this last week. He says, God, God says, don't be afraid. A couple verses later, now don't be afraid. Be full of courage. You're the leader. And then a couple verses later, he's like, now remember what I told you. Don't be afraid. Be full of courage. You're the leader. And so I wrote down in my prayer journal that day, I wrote, Lord, if you had to tell Joshua three times, don't be afraid, be bold, don't be afraid, be bold, don't be afraid, be bold, you're going to be the leader. God, will you keep telling me, don't be afraid, be bold? Will you keep telling me as the leader here to not be afraid, to be bold, to be willing to say the things I need to say, to do the things I need to do, to be the leader that you called me to be? Because if you had to remind Joshua that much, remind me too. At the end of the day, people are going to criticize you if you're a leader. That goes with the territory. Welcome to the club. It goes with the territory. But at the end of the day, I want God smiling down and saying, well done, you led the cause. Well done, you stepped up. Well done. I don't care that other people criticize us. We're going to keep leading. We're going to keep doing things. We're going to keep going for it because I'm working for his well done. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. Now, people, in addition to being hated, some people are afraid of being destroyed, and I mean literally destroyed or killed. People are afraid of that. Uh, Gideon, when God called Gideon to go and do something great, he was so afraid of the people that they'd attack him that he went and did the job at night. Under the cover of darkness, he did the project that God told him to lead in. Now, I don't care if you do it at night or day or whatever. You might be afraid, but be obedient to what God's telling you to do. But not only will there come hatred for being a leader, there will come threats for being a leader sometime in your life. Right now, you may not realize this, but Becca and I and the kids, we've received threats. We had people that would email me and say, like, I see your kids at the grocery store. Watch out. I see your wife. I saw your wife at this place. Watch out. I'm going to go up and get her. We have somebody that sends me hate mail all the time that doesn't like that we're proclaiming the message of Jesus. You know, I thought about that when we went on TV. We're taking it up another level. And as soon as we went on TV, all of a sudden, hate mail started coming in. People saying things and saying attacking things and where we've had to call the police. And I've just said, you know what? That's just part of the course. That's part of, somebody's got to lead this. Somebody's got to proclaim that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It doesn't matter if other religions attack me because I'm going to be bold and lead this church. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. We're going to go for it. Part of it. I value your prayers. I really do. I value your prayers for our protection, for gifting, for leadership, and pray for your pastor and his family. We're not shying away from it, but we're moving forward. I talked to a guy this last week who's a pastor in Juarez, Mexico. Juarez, Mexico, where all the drug cartel are fighting each other and have hired rival gangs to kill each other, where there's 13 to 14 murders a day, every day, every single day. And he said, God called us to stand up to the gangs. He said, try telling that to your church. We're not just going to preach the gospel. We're going to stand up to the gangs, and we're going to go talk to them. And he said, I told the whole church, if you're afraid, you can leave the church. Nobody left, thankfully. 
And he said they made a deal with the gangs. They said, we're going to run a prison ministry to everyone in prison. And we're going to sober up everybody in the prison. And if they're addicted to drugs and alcohol, we're going to get them sober. But if they give their life to Jesus Christ, you've got to let them join the church gang. But if they don't give their life to Jesus Christ, when they get out of prison, they can go back to your gang, sobered up and drug-free. But if they give their life to Jesus Christ, you've got to make a deal with us that you're going to allow them to join the church gang. And the gangs have said yes. These gangs that are doing drive-by shootings and all that. And he said, I'm willing to lay it all on the line. Somebody has to step up and be the leader. Don't let fear keep you from being the leader. You're like, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid. Of, I'm just afraid of even speaking. I don't even know what to, what to say, you know. Don't let that fear keep you from being the leader that God has called you to be. Step up to the level. And many of us think that we're not good enough. We're not good enough. God does not just look for perfect people. If he did, we'd have a giant leadership void. He takes people where they're at and he says, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I'll help you to grow in your leadership and in your character. But I'm going to use you. And he doesn't just say only perfect people apply. And if you've used that as an excuse to not step up and lead, Hear this, you don't have to be perfect to lead. God wants to use imperfect people. Another thing is, a lot of us don't lead because we're selfish. We're selfish. I'm just going to tell you right now, being a leader requires that you die to self. You say, well, should I lead that life group or not? Well, that's every other Tuesday. That means we've got to be home. You know, that means we've got to be there. I mean, we can't just go when we feel like it. So if we're going to be a leader, that means, you know, Boy, if I'm going to be on security detail and I'm going to be a security, that means I've got to be there. That means if there's a snowstorm, I've got to shovel. I've got to get there. That, I don't know. If I'm going to be a leader, if I'm going to be a leader in that area, if I'm going to be a leader, and you realize, oh, no, I, I don't want to do that. I'm too comfortable where I'm at. Receive the responsibility of leadership and sacrifice. Leadership is servanthood. Leadership is saying, I will lead by being a servant, and I'll go the extra mile, I'll give up the free time, I'll do the things that are needed of me, and I'll step up and lead. I'll do it. Now, here's how God starts with it. When he gives you a, a task of leadership, here's what he does. A lot of times he just gives you a, a thought in mind where you're like, somebody ought to do something about that. Many times that's God's green light saying, that's you. Because we hear this, we feel like somebody ought to do it. We ought to bring organization to this chaos that's going on in this ministry. And God's like, you. And you're like, somebody should, not me. Somebody else should. <laughs> so many times he just gives you a, a thought, a feeling, an impression. And we dismiss it away because you say, well, I'm not the leader. I don't have the title. I don't have the, I don't have the, the top spot. That's not an excuse. You can be an influence. You can be an example. And many times, let me tell you what, God starts people small. And then he builds them up and goes to the next level, next level. Because a lot of us say, it's too small, Lord. I mean, you've, you've asked me to do something. I feel a, a step up of leadership. But what, what will that really do? Lord, it's just so small. I mean, what will it really amount to? Can I tell you what? Many of the great leaders of the Bible started out small. King David started out by watching sheep. He was a shepherd out there watching sheep, being faithful. Then he kills the giant. Then he gets a promotion to be a harp player in the palace, which... Still not sure if that's a promotion, but he became a, a heart player in the palace. And then he became king, but he started out small. Joshua, the Bible says, who we've already talked about. Joshua was Moses' assistant. Basically, he was carrying bags. 
He was doing whatever Moses needed. Go grab me this. Take care of that. Do that. He was just an assistant. And God took him from being that assistant position and saying, I see that leadership gifting in you. I'm developing that. And you've stepped out. You've been faithful with little. Now watch this. I'm going to put you in this position over here. Start small and go up from there. The Bible talks about Elisha. Elisha was a prophet. But Elisha followed Elijah with a J. So Elijah was the first prophet, prophet, then Elisha followed him. And I want to point something out. In 2 Kings 3.11, the king Jehoshaphat was looking for a prophet. And this is what he said. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elijah, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. And what does that mean? It means he was just a servant. He was just a personal assistant. But we think God has brought him up to a new level of leadership. We think there's a gifting in him, and he used to be a servant, and now he's going to be a leader. If he can start out that way, can you start out that way? By just joining something and saying, I'll be a leader by example. Ruth was an amazing leader by taking care of a widow. Something that was unexpected in her culture. She said, I will do the unexpected. I will take care of you. And then she eventually became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Imagine that. From just taking care of a widow. Esther, if you know your Bible, you know that Esther basically won a beauty pageant and then saved a nation. I mean, think about it. She went from such as the Iraq to save a nation. I mean, think about that. That's pretty amazing. God, some of you are just getting that one right now. God can use you where you're at. God can use you where you're at. And he starts with just a thought, with an impression, and then you never know what goes from there. Now I want to illustrate this for you and tell you a little story. When our kids turned 13, when Connor and Logan each turned 13, I said I wanted to take them on a missions trip. And so their mom and I, we paid for them to go on a missions trip with me. One child stayed home with mom and one went with me. And when Connor turned 13, he said, I want to go to Africa. He goes, I want to go there. And he had an impression on him. He said, Dad, somebody needs to do something for those orphans. Somebody needs to lead the way. Somebody needs to do something for them. I said, well, what is God speaking to you? He said, I I think I could lead the way and try to raise some money for him. I said, great. Why don't you do that? Why don't you start something? So he said, okay. So he started this thing called Change the World, where he said, give me your change and it'll change the world. So through that, he went to his school and he went to the church and he raised $3,000 to bring with him to Africa. And I want you to see what happened from just one small level of God speaking to someone. Can you lead the way and raise some money? And I want you to see what happened. Take a look at this video. Hey, River Valley Church. This is Ben Rogers here in Swaziland with Children's Cup. We just want to say a great big huge thank you to you all, especially to Connor Ketterling. Uh, We're on the campus right now of our Dream Center, and this whole project got started because of Connor being willing to make a donation uh, to to get some blueprints drawn up of something he had no idea about. And today, uh, it is, is being built. In the next year, we'll have 60 young people here that will be benefiting and uh, growing to be leaders all over Africa because of that. We just want to say a great big huge thank you. Hey, I'm Kevin Mawai. I'm a 16-year vet of the NFL, and um, I'm standing here with Connor. Um, My entire career was built upon leading blocking for, for running backs and great quarterbacks. Connor is a leader in his own right and has led myself and other Major League Sports players to sow into Children's Cup 
a 56-acre project called Mbagawini in Swaziland, Africa. And that project was started by Connor as he led us with the first seed money that went into that project. No matter who you are, we can all be leaders. In 1 Timothy, it states that let no man look down on you because you're young. So no matter who you are, if you look like me or if you look like Kevin Mawai, it doesn't matter because we can all be leaders. Yeah, isn't that cool? Man. You know, I can tell you, as his dad, I'm so proud and so happy to see what just one little step of leadership, somebody can do something, it can be me. And little did he know that he'd give $3,000, that that ministry was like, where will we get the $3,000 to draw up the blueprints to present to the king of Swaziland to show him what we want to do with this land? And so they said, here, we got it. He brought it. And they, they, as a group of leaders, all agreed. Connor brought this money so that we could do the blueprints to present it to the king of Swaziland. Well, the king of Swaziland said, great idea. I'll give you the land if you can raise the money for the buildings. Well, then from there, they approached Kevin. And Kevin then went and approached other professional athletes. And $800,000 was raised, mostly from professional athletes saying, we'll follow the lead of a little lead blocker called Connor. Think about that. And now all these people are being trained? Man. Now I want to say this. As his father, I am just beaming inside and thinking what, how awesome that is. But I want to tell you this. I believe your heavenly father is beaming inside when you say, I'm stepping up. I'm a leader. I am here to lead people in an authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to leverage my giftings, my talents, my speaking, my friendships, and invite people to know Jesus Christ. I believe he is smiling. I believe when you say, you know what? I have a, a, a desire. Somebody should do something with kids. It's going to be me. And you go and sign up to serve in kids. And you say, I'll be an example. I may not have the title, but I'll be the example. And you can, trust me, you can get the title. But you can be the example. When you say, I'll be a life group leader. I'll work on security. I'll work as an usher. I'll work as a greeter. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to go for it. God has put me on this earth to lead the way. I'm going to lead the way in the community. I'm going to lead it in my neighborhood. Somebody needs to do the Christmas party and get people together and look for opportunities. It might as well be me. I'm going to be the leader. And I believe every time we step out and do that, God looks down and smiles. And he's so excited. And he says, well done. Well done, well done. Thank you for stepping up into the responsibility of leadership. We are responsible. We are responsible. We are all leaders. They're going this way. We're going to go this way. We're going to do everything we can to say, God, use us. And you have no idea. It may start so small. What can God do with that? Look what God did with that. He can multiply it, and he has bigger plans than you would ever know. But be faithful to follow that prompting and say, God, I will do it. Little or much, God, I will be the leader you've called me to be. Now, I want to pray for our church. I want to pray that God will use us as leaders and that you will receive the responsibility of leadership. So bow your heads with me, and I want to pray this blessing on you and have you receive the responsibility of leadership. So, Lord God, I pray right now that we would receive that responsibility. It's not a call. It's not a gifting. It's a responsibility. All of us are leaders. 
And I pray, God, that you would use us in our area of, of, of passion. You'd use us in our area where you prompt us by the power of the Holy Spirit and we receive that responsibility to be the leaders that you've called us to be. Help us to step out in faith and to trust you. Not be afraid. Not be afraid of what man can do. Not be afraid of the criticism, but know that we're working for your well done, not theirs. So we receive that, God. Each of us is a leader. It's going to look different for each one of us. We understand that. But God, use us in the area of leadership. We receive that responsibility. And we pledge right now, God, to be the leaders that we are responsible to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you stand with me all over this place?